29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of the Garbage Pod. Special because the subject matter is very close to my heart and the public need to know about something that is ripping the heart out of communities across the UK as we speak and the authorities did nothing to prevent it. Back in 1994 I was proud to be part of something that changed the face of my hometown of Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire and it has become a pillar of the community. I am, of course, talking about Aylesbury's first local radio station, Mix 96. For 26 years, the presenters, staff and volunteers have put their heart and soul into building a radio station that doesn't just play music, provide travel information and news. It gives local people, charities and businesses a chance to be heard. It gives people opportunities to get involved with their community and enjoy the best of the local area. Mix 96 is not unique in this respect as there are many local radio stations across the length and breadth of the UK providing the same essential services for their communities. But by the end of the year, these local radio stations will cease to exist and the communities that they serve will no longer have a voice. I would like to point out that the views expressed by everyone in this episode are personal and not those of the Garbage Pod, and that the Garbage Pod is not affiliated with Mix 96 or any of the local radio stations that are affected. However, Mix 96 will feature heavily in this podcast because it's part of the community I grew up in and I know how much affection the people of Aylesbury have for that radio station above Friars Square Shopping Centre. So join me after this short break as I talk to people from across the Aylesbury Vale who Mix 96 have had a huge impression on and will be severely affected by the changes made to UK local radio. Mix 96 from Aylesbury. Mix 96 at the Aylesbury News Centre, Kathy Jones. From the banks of the Tame to the banks in Market Square. Buck's best music, Mix 96. From Aston Abbotts to Bishop Stoke. Buck's best music, Mix 96. There's only one station that's always from Aylesbury, and this is it. Mix 96. Leighton Buzzard's love songs are on Mix 96. M. I. X. Mix 96. Mix 96. Bedgrove. Beard. Buckingham. Brill. Now, live from Aylesbury, more of Buck's best music. Mix 96. Here's what's in the mix. Mix 96. Wendo, Wingrain, Waterney, West Hertfordshire. Now, live from Aylesbury, more of Buck's best music. Mix 96. Rocking in Wisdom, Rolling in Stone, Buck's Best Music, Mix 96. Mix 96. 
Welcome back to the Garbage Pod. You heard their test transmission jingles for Aylesbury's first local radio station, Mix 96. So why are these local radio stations disappearing from your dial? Well, last year, Bauer Media acquired 56 FM radio stations from various different radio networks. Mix 96 was owned by UKRD, and Bauer acquired the entire UKRD network. The majority of the acquired stations will be rebranded as Greatest Hits Radio from early September. You might be thinking, okay, so it has a new name. But it will be the same station, won't it? Far from it, in fact. Under the rebranding, the acquired stations will become a shell of the stations your communities have grown to know and love. Bauer intends to reduce the amount of local broadcasting from 10 hours a day down to just three. This includes news, traffic, weather and local events. This also means your local stations will lose their breakfast show or their drive time show, or in some cases, both. Bauer wants to use all of these stations as relays to extend the coverage of their national stations. They are doing this so that they can compete with global media, who in recent years culled a vast quantity of local radio stations with their mediocre heart branding. So Greatest Hits Radio will bring you more of the same has-been radio DJs from the past. There won't be that connection with the presenters that the listeners to the current local radio format feel when they tune in every day. In 2011, the Bauer Media Managing Director for the UK, Dee Ford, had this to say about local radio. What you do with your radio assets today is really predetermined by where the radio assets came from in the first place. No matter whose research you look at, you know, whether it's Bowers or the BBC's or any radio group's research, you can see that audiences really, really appreciate local content. They really want to listen and give you their unfair share of their week. That's all well and good, but actually, if you have subscale radio licenses, so in those small markets, it's really difficult to make the economics work. So actually, what the sweet spot is, is having fantastic heritage radio stations with enough scale to make the economics work. Now, for Bauer, that does work. For Global, they've got a spread of assets across a number of different size markets. So you go down the route, instead of pure local, as I would say, you go down the route of co-location, sharing content, taking the cost down, rebranding to create that commercial demand where there was none before. And perhaps if you're UKRD, then you think about running those stations on a shoestring. None of these strategies are wrong. I think it just, your strategy going forward is largely determined by where you've come from. It all goes to show that Bauer doesn't care what the listeners want and provides a service and cares for only their shareholders. Recently, the Mayor of Aylesbury, Mike Smith, had this to say about the situation. Bauer's plan is to um, basically have one sort of national brand, Greatest Hits Radio, broadcast from London with an occasional local news bulletin and the traffic news being geared to the local area. We think that um, Mix 96 is so much a part of Aylesbury. It's not just a music station that has a bit of local news and traffic news. So we really want to keep it in its current form or as close to that as we can. You know, it's been part of the town since 1994. Myself and Councillor Richard Lloyd wrote a letter to Bauer Media and we've sent it to our local MP, Rob Butler, and also to Ofcom, setting out all the reasons why Mix 96 is different and unique to this area and we want it kept that way. Interestingly, there's a couple of stations under their umbrella where 
after really strong local campaigns, they've been allowed to keep a lot more of their local identity. We've heard a lot of stories from people who've, um, who've had their events supported, good causes they're raising money for. There's a really strong feeling about Mix 96 being part of the town's identity. They support so many town council events and other events throughout the year. They give politicians like me a platform when we really need to raise a point about something that's going on in the town. You know, we can go to the local studios and do an interview. They really are part of our community. So many people have told us in response to this campaign, during the lockdown, they've listened to the radio, they've listened to Mix 96, and they've found out about what's going on locally, what groups are available to help, and all the good things that are going on. And that's where local radio really comes into its own. When you've got a difficult situation, it helps everyone all together. We can't reverse the sale, so we are appealing to them, and we're going to meet with them, or we want to meet with them, Okay. Talk face to face to say these are the reasons why you need to think differently about Mix 96 and keep it in its current form. There's one thing you can say about Aylesbury Town Council. If the fight is a difficult one, it doesn't stop us fighting it. Thanks to our colleagues from FBL Broadcasting for letting us use that audio. Mayor Smith mentioned that he and the leader of the Aylesbury Town Council, Richard Lloyd, wrote to Bower and Ofcom, the government-approved watchdog for the broadcasting industry, and Member of Parliament for Aylesbury, Rob Butler. Rob Butler was interested in taking part in this podcast, but had to pull out due to his schedule. However, Rob did take this matter up in the House of Commons with the powers that be, and this is what he had to say. Throughout the current coronavirus crisis, communities around the country have relied on their local radio stations, both BBC and commercial. In Aylesbury, Mix 96 has been a vital and valuable source of information building on its commitment to the town. So does my right honourable friend agree that when big media groups like Bauer buy up small stations like Mix, it is imperative to balance commercial imperatives alongside a genuine commitment to serve communities with locally produced content, local news and jobs for local people? I'll be talking with Councillor Lloyd further about this later in the podcast. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ah, got your attention, good. Now, I've got a script here and I'm not afraid to read it. Yes, Mix 96 is giving you a chance to win some exciting prizes. Wait for it. In fact, if you don't take part in our Bucks for Ducks competition, I'm going to say it. If you don't take part in our Bucks for Ducks competition, you must be quackers. Quick, get that man away from the microphone. No, 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 no. I don't care. Mix 96 is giving you a chance to win free money. 96 bucks twice every day. You can have the money in sterling if you want to be really sensible. 96 bucks could be yours twice a day with the Bucks for Ducks competition. Can I say quackers again? No! Join us from Friday, April the 15th, and you could win free money. Because uh, if you don't, then you'll be, um, quackers. No! I worked for Mix 96 as what would be now called a broadcasting assistant during the lead-up to the launch of the station and had the privilege of being at the station on launch day, which was really exciting for the town and something that I will never forget. Ian Noakes was one of the original Mix 96 presenters and involved with the station from day one. I recently caught up with him to have a chat about our memories of Mix 96 and his thoughts about the current situation. 
I really wanted to get someone who was involved pretty much from the start. And I, I know you've done two tours of duty at Max 96, so... Three, actually. Three? Yeah. I obviously was there from the start, before the start, as, as uh, a freelancer. I returned in 2003 for a series of Sunday programs uh, that summer. And then I returned in 2014, I think. Wow. For another short stint short stint but obviously i am probably uh best known if there's anybody still alive that remembers me uh, <laughs> i was uh, i was on from 94 to to 99 when i left because you were quite surprised when uh, on the mix 96 campaign page that i discovered in my audio cassettes some home recording of my parents anniversary uh, <laughs> announcement and uh, it was your good self that was on the air at the time it was and and how scary it is to listen to your Yourself, well, how many years? You know, getting uh, off uh, 24, 25 years yeah, ago, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 24 or 25 years ago, uh, listening to yourself on the radio then. Mix 96 with Belinda Carlisle at 12.31 and the big scary animal. Well, a bit of a party going on at Quarrenden Avenue in Aylesbury. Uh, lots of wedding anniversaries being celebrated there. Lil and Ted, uh, 59 years. Congratulations, you two. Val and Pete, 25 years. Chris and Wynne, 25 years. And uh, Pam and Peter, 30 years. Congratulations, one and all. Uh, to you lot down at uh, Quarrenden Avenue in Aylesbury. Sunday's weather, showers expected today. Well, uh, we've had them. Also, occasional sunny spells this afternoon in light winds from the direction of Tring and Albury. Those showers dying out. And funnily enough, I haven't got many recordings of me on mix from that era, but I do have a couple of cassettes. I was listening to one of those, inspired really by you posting that uh, clip on the, the Save Mix 96 group. And uh, I, I dug out a cassette and I found myself from, I think, 1998. And one of the links, I was talking about that newfangled thing called digital photography <laughs> and uh, how it was revolutionary that uh, you could post your pictures up online and have these online photo albums, which I think was a concept that quite a few manufacturers were, were trying to push at that point. And it would be very different to going to the chemist and uh, getting your set of pictures back. So that really dates us all, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you say, you were there from the beginning, as was I. Yeah, I, do, I don't know whether I was physically in the building on launch day, I have to say, because when I started, I, I was still, I still had a, a full-time job and I was just working at, at the weekend. But I was there actually before the start in terms of carrying breeze blocks up the stairs there as, um, Henry Aubrey Fletcher was uh, building the, the studios and, and helping out when I had an opportunity to help out. Mix 96 was a, was a revolutionary radio station when it launched because it was the first all digital delivery radio station. That's right. Lots of radio stations had digital playout systems, but they did not use them all the time. They didn't use them in their, their main programs. They would use them for automation during off-peak hours. And so I had spent, I was going to say my whole life, which is not quite right, but I'd spent all of my time trying to break into radio at some point using CDs and before that records and tape. And, and of course, you turn up at Mix 96 and everything was digital. So it was quite daunting from that perspective. I think they were one of the, the first stations to actually have touchscreens. 
Yeah, and um, they were temperamental as well. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we're not talking about sort of flat screen computers. This this was the the mid-90s, and uh, this stuff was clunky. And the amount of hard drives that were there to hold sort of six, seven hundred songs... It was vast. You could easily get that on your phone now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, w- it was a different era technically. Things sometimes did not work. And uh, every now and then it would just all crash. And uh, there was an emergency button on the screen as well. If, if anything went wrong, uh, you could press this button and it would play, I think, Help by the Beatles, <laughs> appropriately <laughs> enough. You know, th- they would have days, you know, where the whole thing sort of crashed and everybody was getting very stressed i i have to say i never experienced that only coming in at the weekends but sometimes you come in at the weekends and things weren't working quite right and then you had a real problem because you couldn't get hold of anybody and you were just there on your own yeah in the uh in the station uh so yeah it was a little it, it could be fraught but but most of the time it worked and then you know as i was doing more there we got people from radio stations all over the place come to just see the operation Mm -hmm. and i I can remember doing programs and and all sorts of people from the world of radio in it and um, people that were looking to set up stations in other towns would come just to have a look because this radio station in aylesbury was the model for small-scale stations four full-time disc jockeys Mm -hmm. breakfast morning afternoon evening the rest uh, operated by uh, freelance people like myself at the start um, until I went uh, full-time there in uh, 95. It was a really exciting time for Aylesbury because, of course, Fry Square had just opened in its sort of current skies. Uh, there'd probably been two years of building before that when the old concrete monstrosity had been knocked down. So town was a mess for a long time. Before that, the shopping centre was so antiquated the old fry square it was uh, a bit of a gray miserable place even when the sun was shining <laughs> um so 1994 the start of 1994 was very exciting the new shopping center had opened and the town at last uh, had its own radio station so who was doing the first stint there well kerry to start kerry jones was the uh, first breakfast presenter kerry only uh, was there for about three months uh, then Mark Flanagan took over breakfast for a while, who was the managing director at the time. Paul Beasley, uh, he did breakfast for a while. And it sort of was a revolving feast. Steve Silby was another breakfast presenter who was freelance. You know, there was there was never anybody on breakfast for too long. I wouldn't say people were, were leaving, but the schedule was kind of a movable feast, really, in the early days. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously in the evenings, you had the... the or what was considered the heartthrob of the station, um, John Early, he uh, did get a lot of girls phoning in to get requests and, and things. <laughs> Couldn't possibly comment, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, John did the evening show because that was playing slightly younger music than, than the rest of the day, so uh, attracted a, a younger audience. It's always been, a, a when I say a tight operation, I mean, the... the crew have always been a really good gel i think yeah no you're absolutely right and you know whether that's by luck or judgment it can't be by luck over the number of years that it's been operating in in that way certainly in my time there uh, and i sort of straddled 
a couple of eras really the 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 first era and the first people that were through the door and then you know perhaps a a second era when i was on breakfast and newer people were coming on board like pete semester and um nathan and yeah occasionally we had people come along and they didn't quite fit in to the work ethic but generally and there were a few mistakes along the way as there are in any workplace generally there were people that were the hardest working people that I ever worked with and I can say that from my point of view as well that I've probably never worked harder never been paid as little and yet it was the most fulfilling job I was broadcasting in my hometown effectively and I was always very proud of doing that it was very fortunate at the start that the town was being regenerated and there was a great excitement in the town. And I think almost from day one, it became the station of the town and, and it got great listening audiences quickly. And um, that sustained itself. Once you become the go-to station, then it, it's very difficult for people to tune away. And, I, and I'm seeing comments on the, the Save Mix 96 group. People obviously still feel the same way about the team of presenters that there are. They're very similar sentiment that they would be 25 years ago to when the likes of me were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of my fondest memories uh, as a personal memory at Mix 96 was that I was what they would call now a, a broadcasting assistant. And I was tasked with doing some research into a like a potted history of Buckinghamshire. I thought, oh, that'll be fun to research. And I said, yes and no, because it's going to be 90 seconds worth. I went along to the reference library, which is now called the Aylesbury Archives, and I spent some time with Julian Hunt, who's the county historian. And we went through interesting pieces went back to the studio and I can't remember where they sent it to um, for a voiceover to be done, but it turned out to be David Lloyd, who's on the Radio Today podcast. And uh, they put special effects and different bits and pieces on it. And it was actually the first thing that was played on Mix 96 before it properly got launched. Buckinghamshire. For centuries, an area which people have chosen to come to. The Romans marched in along Aikman Street. In 571, the Saxons conquered Aylesbury. Later, stagecoach travellers filled inns in the market square en route to London. Next, the engineering feats of the Industrial Revolution, the Grand Union Canal, and then railways cut deep into the rolling countryside around trains. And in 1994, we almost got the M418. Bucks and West Hertfordshire, an area preferred by the powerful and prestigious. Prime Ministers of Chequers, the Rothschilds at Wadston. Cromwell at the King's Head in Aylesbury. A Midsummer Night's Dream, dreamt in Grendon Underwood. An area with a colourful past. Dick Turpin at the Bell in Winslow and the great train robbers at Cheddington. We're in an area where people want to live. And now, something for all of us who want to live here. 1086. News of Aylesbury is recorded in the Doomsday Book. The 15th of April 1994, Aylesbury's News is live on our new radio station, Mix 96. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. And I was so proud of 
something that I'd researched into that was put onto the main launch of the show. There was also the story of the launch that they were keeping it quiet about who was actually going to launch the station. And at the time, Bill Clinton was in the area because he was in checkers with the prime minister. And he came into Aylesbury during the time that the launch was on. And the, the town was pretty much on lockdown because of, you know, Bill Clinton's in town. Security was massive. So there was this rumor going around that Bill Clinton was going to be opening the station. Here's local living legend, Dave Lee Travis. I am here to provide a small service for mankind. Now, this small service, which is really a giant leap, is to actually open up a brand new station, a station called Mix 96, which is the result of 14 years of lobbying for a radio station, particularly for the Aylesbury area, and lots of hard work by the directors and staff. It's the first and only radio station based in Aylesbury, so you've got a lot to be proud of. Now, Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire's county town, has a proud past and is poised for a very bright future. And the brand new Friar Square shopping centre has put the heart back into Aylesbury. And Mix 96 is pleased to have its state-of-the-art studios right there within the Friar Square complex. Now, Mix 96 is going to be playing nothing but Buck's best music from the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. So quite a widespread for you there. Together with, and this is important, local news and information about Aylesbury Vale, Tame, Tring and Leighton Buzzard. Well... Of course, from my point of view, this is me as DLT speaking, apart from opening up the new station, of course, I'm going to be part of the station as well. I'll be live on Sundays from 10 o'clock till 1 with my normal mix of wonderful music, competitions and just general frivolousness on a Sunday. And the excitement starts because the very first programme is coming up now. It's the breakfast mix. Here is Kerry Jones. Hello and welcome to the very first Breakfast Mix, live from the top of the Friar Square Studios here in Aylesbury. Mix 96, good morning. Well, there you are. You don't always get what you want in life, <laughs> do you? It was a strange day because technology wasn't with us that day. It was a computer system that they had. It's a little bit like teletext, but more direct for the radio industry. So you were getting news constantly coming through on this system that system went down the morning of the launch we lost communication with the traffic plane the skymaster traffic how many times have you been stuck in frustrating boring traffic queues those traffic tailbacks in stone or bumper to bumper from Bedgrove? when did you last hear someone mention the roadworks on aylesbury's oxford road or a prang in princess risborough how often have you sat there, wasting time and petrol, wanting to know why you're still there? Well, they bore you with Banbury or Beaconsfield, Luton or Lewisham, but never Aylesbury, Wendover, Tame or Leighton Buzzard. Well, from April the 15th, life could be easier. We can't shorten the queues, but we can make sure you know what you're in for and help you plan your route. Mix 96, Skymaster Traffic. From April the 15th, it's chocks away for Mix 96, Skymaster Traffic. You'll see it high in the sky above Bucks and Beyond each weekday morning and in the afternoon. Bucks' own traffic plane. Keep an eye out for it as it tells you of trouble spots in Tring and hold-ups in Haddenham. Every day, you can rely on the Mix 96 Skymaster Traffic plane. Mix 96 Skymaster Traffic. The lowdown from up above. And... 
can remember my immediate boss, Erica Sorby Firth, going through one of the national papers, getting horoscopes and rewriting them so that they had horoscopes to go out for the day. But when you listen back, it's just seamless. <laughs> I mean, launch days are fraught at the best of times, uh, as I know to my cost. As I say, I, I wasn't in the building on the first day, but uh, quite shortly afterwards. So get all the stress out of the way and, and I'll come along <laughs> as usual. <laughs> so as you say, you've been there three stages of Mix 96. So you must have noticed uh, a lot of changes over the years. Yeah, there were lots of changes, not least of all the studio, because the studio used to be uh, right at the back of the building. It's, it's difficult to explain. It actually looked out onto uh, the roof of the new Fry Square. Yeah. But it was a very small room, tiny. You couldn't swing a cat in there. And in fact, when I went back in 2003 and then in, in 2014, the studio location had moved and they built a new studio. So that was the, the biggest change, really, that I noticed. Uh, the computer system had changed. It had gone from the old Dad system onto um, RCS, a different playout system. So that was all stuff to get used to. They did the news slightly differently. Just evolved over the years that I'd been away. But it was quite interesting to see on those uh, two occasions how things had changed. Um, it's changed under different ownerships. You know, when I was first there, it was owned by Bucks Broadcasting Limited, which in itself, Bucks Broadcasting Limited became a, a chain of uh, stations. But then Bucks Broadcasting Limited, I think, became majority owned by Fox and therefore Fox were owned by Capital. Uh, Mix became a radio investment station and, and uh, a different ownership. And then eventually UKRD and uh, of course now Bauer. Bauer's main rival in, in radio broadcasting is, is obviously Global. Yeah. Uh, Global have taken stations like Fox FM and Chilton and uh, bigger stations than that and uh, turned them all into heart so that you have a national brand bauer want to replicate that with the hits network some of their stations are, are hits and some of them are becoming greatest hits like mix 96 um first and foremost my thoughts are with the people that work at mix 96 who if we're led to believe correctly going through a consultation period at the moment obviously some people most people, I'm speculating, will be losing their jobs. I've been in that situation, and it is not a good situation to be in at all. Some of them, I'm sure, have, well, I know, have families. So my first thought is on a human level. Yeah. Um, it's to do with the people, one or two of whom I know, but, but no more than one or two. My ties with the station ended a, a quite a while ago although there is a group that uh, regularly meets that that all used to work there back in back in my day so my first thought is a human one my second thought is for the town because whatever bauer say it will not be as local a service there will be local news i dare say there will be aylesbury stories but there won't be the the community involvement there can't be the community involvement that Mix has developed over the years. So the town is going to lose a very important community resource. And that is a great shame because I was one of the people that went through that process and one of the first people that went through that process. And I can tell you that we were passionate about 
the town of Aylesbury, serving the town of Aylesbury, doing the right thing for the town of Aylesbury, portraying the town of Aylesbury in a positive light and reporting everything that goes on in the town of Aylesbury. So my second thought is really for the town and for the for the area because it's a region that uh, has benefited from an exceptional service for 26 years and that service it seems is going to end i mean after i thought about the people and after i thought about the town i have to feel the the same way that people in Luton and Dunstable in, and Bedford and Milton Keynes felt when they lost their local services in Chilton and Horizon, or in Oxford with Fox. The villain is the regulating body in in my eyes. I agree. The villain is not Bauer. Bauer are just trying to do what Global are doing, and they'll try and replicate a national brand across the UK. This is only how local television has changed. You know, we used to have... ATV and Central and Anglia and London Weekend and, and Thames, and they all had their, their own identity. And they, they all had their own programs, some of which were, were networked and some of which weren't. And now we have one corporate ITV. We, we have all the global brands. We have Heart, we have Smooth, we have Gold, and, and many more. And we'll have the Bauer brands, Absolute, their decade-relevant stations, yeah. and then Greatest Hits Radio and Hits Radio. And that is just the way it's going. The local radio model seems to have been thrown out the window apart from community radio. And I think it's sad. I think it's very sad. I loved the time that I was at Mix 96. You know, I loved it. Um, we had our own identity. We didn't sound like Fox, and we didn't sound like Chilton. We sounded like... Mix 96, and it was unique because wherever you went across the UK, there were local radio stations, and some were good and some were awful. But that was just the way it is. But it was quirky and it was part of UK life. And it's like every high street having the same, the same shops in it now. It's just the way life has gone. Yeah. And um, it is extremely sad. Um, and for someone that, that spent a good five years in my first stint and then another two stint short, short, much shorter stints broadcasting there. I'm really sad that it's going. Of course, I'm really sad. Um, my first thought is for the people that work there because, uh, you know, I've lost my job in the past and it's, it's not a very pleasant place to be. Yeah. So great sadness, but I think the regulator Ofcom have allowed this to happen. And, um, that's their call that they regulate on behalf of the government and uh, that's what's been allowed to happen doesn't mean i'm uh, in support of it i certainly am not but uh, it's just the way life is going at the moment this is progress it's it's interesting though that lots of people i've seen on the save mix 96 group have talked about they like the local personalities that's that's why they listen mm-hmm and that's interesting because that goes against the, the, the sort of formats of these bigger groups, really. And, um, you know, maybe it will change. Maybe uh, personality radio will return. Who knows? I'm involved in a station at the moment that, uh, that enjoys personality radio. It's very formatted. But within that format, um, we encourage our, our presenters to... Uh, be individuals and not sound the same and, and be themselves. Do you think there will 
be a time where Aylesbury will have its own station again? I think undoubtedly there'll be um, community concerns. I see that there are two people looking to start online community stations, similar to the setups that they have in um, Banbury. Banbury's got an online community station. I think there's one in Haddenham as well. Um, Well, that's different. I have been a broadcaster at that radio station, Red Kite Radio. Oh, right. That broadcasts on 107.2. So it's not just an online station. The two stations being proposed will be online only. But radio is changing and people are listening through smart speakers and through phone apps and uh, people are not necessarily listening to radio in a traditional way if you take the big stations like radio 2 you know a huge proportion of their audience are listening via non-conventional or or traditional means would i be right in saying i'm probably wrong here that if you were to start broadcasting on an all online concern there's less red tape in terms of launching the station it doesn't have to be uh, licensed In terms of what you pay to play the music, that's pretty hefty, which is surprising, I know. But performance rights are actually proportionally actually very high. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's a difficult balance. Uh, The station that I'm involved in, All Oldies Radio, is is currently online and we have aspirations to move to DAB. And, And one of the advantages of going to small scale DAB, which is trialing in certain cities in the UK, Manchester, Norwich, a couple of others, is that our copyright costs would go right down from what we pay at the moment. So that gives you an indication of some of the inconsistencies. Wow. Well, Ian, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for asking me, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Did you actually want to plug the station you're on whilst you're on the air? Well, these days I am a shareholder and director and presenter at All Oldies Radio. I think we would consider ourselves to be one of the the more successful internet broadcasters. And when I say internet broadcasters, it's changed, as I was alluding to earlier. Um, Most people listen to us through an Alexa smart speaker, or most people listen to us through a phone app, and they then cast their their phone to, uh, to a speaker. But we are a gold station. We play uh, a big variety of gold music. I'm just looking at one of my playlists here. It's for tomorrow evening. So um, tomorrow evening, I'm playing music by Luther Vandross, uh, The Blackbirds, uh, a band called New Music, an electronic band of the 80s, The Dream Academy, Nick Kershaw, Roxy Music, and then some older stuff, Gilbert O'Sullivan, Donna Summer, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Santana, The Four Tops, Galaxy, The Flying Lizards, and Elvis Costello. That gives you just an idea of the sum of the music we play. We're not local. We don't uh, profess to be local. We've got listeners all over the world, but mainly in the UK and Ireland and right up and down the UK. People that want to hear music that appears to have been forgotten by the bigger networks. So the station's All Oldies Radio. It's available on Android and Apple phones. It's available as a skill on Alexa. Uh, it's available on Fire Sticks. It's, it's on TuneIn Radio. And of course, it's got a website as well, the old-fashioned way, uh, which is alloldiesradio.com. And I'm on every evening, Monday to Friday from 6 o'clock, although I'm going on holiday soon. <laughs> 
Ian has kindly given me permission to use some of the images that he took during his time at Mix96. So check out the show notes to take a peek at those, along with other bits and pieces that have been donated by various people to outline how important local radio is to the community. Crichton, what are you doing, man? Oh, sir, I'm listening to The Garbage Pod. It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. Ofcom are supposed to regulate all matters referring to broadcasting on behalf of the government, and therefore the public. But many members of the public were not aware that Ofcom were holding a consultation on Bauer's strategy, with many finding out after the consultation had already closed. Why did Ofcom not spend more time and effort advertising the consultation? Many listeners of the radio stations affected by the changes have created campaigns to bring awareness of the situation to the public, because Ofcom have failed to do so. The listeners of Mix96 are no exception, and I recently spoke with the founder of the Save Mix96 campaign, Amy Scullard. Now, I know it's a big job to get involved with a campaign like, or to start a campaign like this because you, you pretty much founded it. Yeah, I did. Not deliberately in some ways. <laughs> I mean, I love Mix 96. And as soon as I found out it was going, I thought, right, I need to get some people on board and set up a Facebook page. But to be honest with you, I don't think I ever really looked ahead any further than just setting up the page. I didn't know where it was going to lead. And it grew very quickly, which I'm really pleased about. So what makes Mix and, well, local radio so important to you? Uh, I've grown up with Mix. I'm 33 now and it's been around for 26 years. So I remember listening to it in the car with my parents when I was a kid. We used to look out for the Mix 96 hot air balloon when I was younger and spot the Mix 96 car stickers. Everything that it stands for, it's everything local. I mean, I work locally, I live locally, so hearing the local news and the local traffic is really important. But I'm a big fan of supporting local businesses and local charities. I do a lot of charity work. I'm a volunteer for two different charities and I just think that Mix 96 are amazing at promoting charity events, local events for local charities and for the bigger charities as well that are being run by sort of individuals. So for me in the past few years, so my son had um, cancer and we, while he was having his treatment, I wanted to do as much raising money for some of those charities that have supported us in that time. So whenever we put on an event, Mix 96 were there to plug it for us. They would put the events on their What's On guide and they would talk about it. And that was really useful. I don't doubt that we had a lot more money come into our fundraising because it was put out on Mix 96. Yeah, I mean, it, it's there to promote all of the local businesses. that They don't have any other way of getting their, their name out there, really, locally. Because the, the, the big national companies, they're not interested in local. So I think it's really important. It, it means a lot to me. It, to be honest, it's less about the music. It's more about everything else that, that it stands for. And, the, you know, the presenters, they're local. So they, they know what they're talking about. When I'm in the car and there is some traffic in town, they talk about the hen and chicken roundabout. You know, that doesn't mean anything to anybody that's not local. <laughs> because the hen and chicken pub went a long time ago. But we know what that means. So, yeah, it's, it's everything that's local is really important. You can always tell the age of someone by what they call that roundabout yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it the big cameras roundabout is it the head and chicken roundabout <laughs> <laughs> so you started the campaign and when did you notice that it was starting to get some grip on what was going on so i set up the facebook page um to be honest i wish i'd set it up a little bit earlier i i found out about bauer changing the format 
not long after it was announced. But I didn't really know what to do with that. And I'm not in radio or media. I knew nothing about it. So I didn't really know what the process would be or anything. But I thought, well, I know how to set up a Facebook group. So I'll do that. So I set it up. And it just invited all of my friends, you know, within a certain radius of home and they all joined it. And then and then I thought, well, I'll share it to some of the groups that I'm on on Facebook, try and get the word out that way. And actually, you know, we got up to a couple of thousand within a, within a couple of days. It was shocking. I mean, I think by the end of the first week, I was exhausted because it had just grown so much. And there was so much input all of a sudden onto the onto the page that I was trying to keep up with. And yeah, it was brilliant how quickly it spread. So we've got over like, I think we've got 4.3 thousand on there now. And still, every day, I'm still accepting more and more people to the group. So it's people are still only just finding out about it. But I started off just kind of wanting to raise people's interest in it and get people involved by asking them more reminiscing type questions within the group, just so that people would get involved initially and then start to sort of push in some bits that I wanted people to start doing to help with the campaign. Since I started the campaign, I have learned a lot about radio. <laughs> I probably, there's probably still a hell of a lot more I need to learn. But um yeah, I mean, I, knew, I literally knew nothing. I know a lot now. Uh, I got to a point where I thought, oh, I just don't know how I can raise the profile of the campaign anymore. So I went looking on Facebook for any other campaigns, for any of the other radio stations that were going to also be rebranded by Bauer. And I found Kenny, who um, was one of the leads of the campaign for Spirit FM. I messaged him and just said, is there a way that we could combine our effort? And then before I knew it, we had a, a Facebook chat that had two of them from Spirits, Stray, Yorkshire Coast Radio. We have Swansea Sound and Spire. So there's quite a few of us all chatting. And actually, some of them are massive you know, media geeks. In fact, Steve from Spirit used to be a DJ on Spirit FM. So, I mean, I've learned quite a lot from talking with them as well. I don't know how I got to know of the Save Mix 96 group because I think I might have been to do with the fact that I am involved with a couple of groups that are independent local radio led and it might have pushed me to it because Facebook is like that. It's like, oh, you, you're in this group. You might be interested in this. Yeah. And I went, oh, Save Mix 96, I will join. And then I was looking down the list of different things that were coming up and I thought, what do the people who run this know about radio? <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to find out by looking at the posts and I thought I'm very limited to what I can do here to help but I will try so I thought I'd message you yeah. and say look I used to be involved with Mix 96 I used to work at Mix 96 do you want me to put some feelers out and find out what I can find out and stuff which I did that was one of the other reasons why I set up the Facebook group is I needed someone like you who knew a bit more about radio to come on and be like this is what we need to do because I didn't have a clue but also from speaking to the guys at the other campaigns that's how we, I picked up all the different things we needed to do to try and who we needed to get involved and you know what would have the most impact and the only thing I could think of initially was petition so <laughs> That is probably the first place to go with it. I didn't know that you'd started a petition. I did know there was a petition, and I think it's the one that uh, Councillor Lloyd started. Yeah. So I signed that one, and then I got an email back from the Liberal Democrats saying, thank you for signing the petition. But that didn't bother me. Who who was starting the petition? It was a case. It was a petition. Yeah. And then I found out you'd started one as well. Yeah. 
So I signed it on my behalf, got in touch with my parents, and because they're not very computer savvy. They live in Asbury. And I said to them, do you want me to sign it on your behalf? And they said, would you? I've also done the same with the survey that you put up. I'll go into that in a moment, actually. So it was very important to get in touch with people that I know that come from Aylesbury. Not so much people that live in Aylesbury, because I know people who live in Aylesbury are probably well aware that this is going on. But people that have lived in Aylesbury and grew up with the station, but no longer lived there, I needed to get in touch with them and say, look, you remember Mix 96? Oh yeah, we had it on all the time. They're trying to get rid of it. Sign a petition. The reason I started the petition was because there was a bit of controversy about the fact that it was politically involved, the first petition, which again, didn't bother me. I'd signed it, but I, I wanted as many signatures as possible. And if, if the fact that the Lib Dems had started it was going to stop people from signing it, then I thought, well, if we've got another one, we'll just combine signatures which is exactly what we did. So in total, we had, well, nearly 7,000 signatures in the end. Whereas the group had grown really quickly, the petition was really frustrating (laughs) because we just couldn't seem to get it out enough. And I know it's the Facebook algorithms and all that stuff that people were missing it. What was also really frustrating was that obviously because the the DJs aren't allowed to talk about it at all, is getting the the word out that it's happening. It's easy enough if you've got uh, people on social media. The people that are on social media were seeing everybody sharing it. And I was paying it all of you know, as the grapevine and all of the, the village's individual Facebook groups and all that. But, I mean, I spoke to a lady called Arlie. She rings in very regularly to do the £1,000 minute. And she's been a massive fan of Mix 96 since the beginning. But she was completely unaware of this rebranding because she's not on Facebook or social media so when I spoke to her and she was just shocked and she was absolutely gutted and she was instantly like right how can I help so she was putting some of the petition flyers around in the doors and everything and then because of COVID we've not been able to do what we would normally do we would probably have organized some sort of event in Market Square or something like that but just social distancing and everything just it wasn't doable we obviously got it into the Bucks Herald to try and get, get more people that aren't on social media to have read what's happening as soon as the shops were opening back up, Ruth and I and Anali and then a couple of others went out into town and tried to raise the awareness in town. And I have to say, it was an massive eye-opener. It was literally two days before the petition deadline and the number of people who were like, we did not know anything about this. Or people were coming up to me because they saw I was holding this clipboard with Save Mix 96 petition went on it. And they were coming over and going, why have we got to save Mix 96? And uh, I just thought, you know what, this is why the petition is that it hasn't been signed by as many people as I was anticipating, because people still don't know. And I don't know how else to get the word out, because we've not been able to get out in the public like we would normally have done. And it was quite frustrating, really frustrating. So even though the petition's gone in, I'm still trying to encourage people to, to email their signature in if they can, if they've missed it. 7,000 people having signed the petition is great, but they have 42,000 listeners. So, you know, we're lacking a lot of people here that haven't signed it. It does seem to be the way people generally want things to stay the same, but you get a lot of people that are not prepared to do anything about it. Yeah. And they will be the first people to complain when the changes, well, the changes are starting to come in. So in February of this year, Dee Ford, who's the Managing Director of Bower Media UK, was appointed a CBE for services to radio, which is beyond me how she can even accept that award, considering she knew at that point what was in store. I agree. 
Now, three months after that is when they started making the announcement that Bauer had bought out all these stations. And we're talking in the realms of probably about 50 plus stations, I think. Yeah. Now, what they've advertised as a simple rebranding exercise means job losses for local presenters, producers, re- researchers, and a massive reduction of local content and a complete overhaul of programming, which will basically mean the identity of the station will completely go out the window. Listeners all over the country have got together. So we've had people from all of these stations, all of these 50-plus stations getting together to join together, making this Facebook page, the Save the Local Radio page on Facebook. And everyone's been encouraged to sign the other petitions. I know I probably have signed every single petition that is out there. There was a company called Kantar Media who were tasked with going out, carrying out these surveys, finding out the groundwork for everything before this takeover took place. 151 participants took part in this. Now, if you work that out at 50 stations, that works out to be about three people per station taking part in the survey. Now, if you say that we've had about 7,000 people take part in the petition. Yep. If on average there were 7,000 people per radio station, I know it's probably going to be a lot less than some of the smaller stations, but if you worked it out on 7,000 people taking part in a petition, that is a lot of people if you put that over 50 stations. Yeah. Why have Ofcom let this happen? Somebody is not doing their job properly. No, I agree. 151. I could get 151 responses within about an hour of putting something on our group. I think, if I'm correct, when we handed in the petitions, there was um, Spire and Spirit, Yorkshire Coast, Mix and Swansea Sound. But it wasn't all of the Spire petitions. There's two petitions again for Spire. That came out at 30,000 plus signatures that we sent in that morning. So we thought we'd do our own survey. And I know that two days ago, we'd already had 1,215 responses to that survey, which I don't doubt has gone up significantly more in the last two days. That's a lot different than 151. It is. And the other thing that is amazing is that Ofcom didn't make sure that Bauer Media advertised the consultation on all the stations that were being affected by this. So it didn't go out on any of the stations. It was kind of pushed under the carpet. That is not acceptable. It's not. I think one of the words that I used when I emailed Bauer with all of the signatures from Mix 96 was, this is very underhand. It was, it's all just so sly. No one knew that it was happening. It's all just being done so that they can sneak it in. And COVID, it's just been so helpful for them, really. Even when it came to giving in the petitions, we wanted to go and hand deliver the petition signatures as a group and get media coverage of it. And we were categorically told, do not come to our buildings. We are not there. We are all working from home. You cannot hand your petitions in. So that obviously then just meant more work for us because we had to individually scan in all of the hand signatures and everything in order to get them into a format that we could email, which is fine. But yeah, it's gone in their favour, definitely. Yeah, I think Ofcom in particular need to answer questions. I agree, definitely. This is not in the country's interest. It's not in all of those areas' interest. No one wants this. I haven't come across anyone that's been like, yeah, brilliant idea. Obviously, we are talking about local radio in a whole because of the fact that it covers so many people. 
that are going to be affected by this. But because Mix 96 is what we know, this is why the emphasis is more on Mix than the other stations. One of the other things, when I had people coming up to me, or when I was, you know, trying to get petition signatures out in town, people were going, oh, no, I don't don't listen to Mix 96. And And my response was always, you don't have to have listened to Mix 96. I can guarantee in some way you've been associated with Mix 96 because if you've been to Live in the Park, you've been involved in Mix 96. If you read their website or their Facebook page to catch up on the news over your breakfast in the morning, even if you're not listening to it, you're involved with Mix 96. If you've attended any of the local charity events like Willpower or Florence Nightingale, Midnight Walk or the MS Mile, you've been involved with Mix 96. They're there. They're everywhere. There are all the big local events in there. They're promoting them all. And then people were like, hmm, that's true. And then they would sign it because they were like, okay, actually, they are quite important to the area. It's not just a station. It's a a hub for the community to get involved with the community. Yeah, I I think it's the heart of the community. It pretty much is. And I've not come across a station like it. The stations that I've been involved with the years, which are sadly no longer with us for similar reasons to what's happening to Mix, stations like Chilton Radio, Horizon Radio, Fox FM, all went down the same way. Not through Bauer, I, I will point that out. That was global media. Yeah. If you're wondering what happened to those stations, they all got sucked into Heart FM. So all those stations are now Heart FM. It seems like, for me, it's deja vu because it's happening, it's happening again. Yeah. Soon, there's just going to be Bauer and Global, and that will be it, apart from your BBC local radio But the BBC announced last week, the week before, that they are cutting back their regional output. How are people going to know what is going on? I agree. I think as well, if this COVID pandemic has taught us anything, it's how important that local input is, that local media. From from my job, I deal with a lot of people who are isolated a lot of the time. And and Mixed 96 is their companion. It keeps them up to date with what's going on outside their door. And it's been a constant in this time, ever-changing, bizarre, weird time for everybody. They're there in the studio with the usual banter, keeping everyone's spirits up. And they've been needed more than ever recently from a mental health point of view. And considering mental health is very high up in the government agenda, it's really important. I mean, not only to Mix 96 boost morale every single day with their banter and everything but they also you know they've been involved with Linden Gate um, which is a mental health charity and with Kepta's House that is, that's a mental health charity as well they're two local ones that are, are big charities they promote but also they do the mental health awareness week or month they did a month this year where every day they were giving out different things you could try to improve your well-being I was involved in the mental health awareness week I think it was probably two years ago I went on air spoke with Charlotte she was lovely <laughs> it was very nerve-wracking um but yeah I went into the studios and recorded for them and I, I gave my experience with mental health my personal experience not my professional experience because I have plenty of that um but my personal experience with mental health and doing that hopefully helped some people who heard it but it helped me unbelievable amounts it made me so much more confident it made me so much happier to talk about my own mental health problems and it was amazing it really really helped me so 
What's next for the campaign? So we're pushing the survey at the moment. If we can get as many people filling that survey as possible, the results are already showing what they, we thought they would show. And we're send, we will send that off to um, Bauer and Ofcom, show them how a survey should be done. Give them the research to show that if it's as it shows, then hopefully, in some ways, their uh, rebrand will be incredibly unsuccessful. <laughs> I mean, in terms of Mix 96, it's got another month and a bit till it is completely rebranded. I still live in hope that we might save it. The presenters still can't say anything. I believe they're still under consultation. So we still don't know any, any more really about what's actually happening there. And until we can kind of hear a bit more from them as well. A couple of them have heard back from, um, is it Graham Bryce? Is that his name? Um, I know that um, Councillor Lloyd has had um, a response to the letter that he wrote to Bauer and Ofcom and Rob Butler that he, I think he read out at the council meeting. So I'm sure when you speak to him, he'll be able to talk to you more about that. And obviously Rob Butler's raised it in Parliament. I'm hoping that will make a change and keep going for a little bit longer. Let's see if we can, let's see what we can do because you never know. We're working hard behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, it's been an honour to speak with you because I know it's been a hard slog for you. It has been a bit of a whirlwind, don't get me wrong, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, I, in, in many ways, I've quite enjoyed it. It's been quite nice. I've got to know some incredible people through it. Um, a lot of people that have stepped up to help with their campaign. It's shown some amazing characters in the community. So, um, yeah, it's been tiring, but it's, it's worthwhile. And if, if we can make any changes, it would be, it'd be good. Amy mentioned there about surveys carried out by all the stations under the threat of closure. And since I spoke with her, the results of the surveys have come back. I won't go into too much detail here, but there have been some interesting findings from the survey which I will go through with you. So the survey had 1,474 participants, and the age range of the people taking part were between 18 and under to 75. Bauer have selected Great Hits Radio, which basically plays music from the 70s to the 90s on a very short loop, as the station to replace the majority of the local stations. But the survey shows that 84.7% of the people surveyed wanted a mix of old and new music, whereas only 5.2% wanted music from the 70s to the 90s only. The participants were asked how likely would they listen to the Great Sits Radio after the changeover. 88.5% of the people asked said they wouldn't be listening, and only 0.3% said that they would. The full survey results can be found on our show notes. Real music variety. Spirits FM. Councillor Richard Lloyd, who is the leader of the Owsbury Town Council, has been heavily involved with both the Save the Local Radio Stations campaign as well as the Save Mix 96 campaign. This is what he had to say when I spoke to him recently. We always like to get the insight from the town council because of the fact that they have such a, a big connection with the local radio station, and in this case, Mix 96. Absolutely, we do. And we've been working with them ever closer over the last four or five years than perhaps we did in the past. And we've seen some, some real strides in that close working partnership. I think the team that they've got there are very community 
focused. They are. And we've seen that they just either they phone us or we phone them and, and something happens. Something happens quickly. We need the mixed stars out or we need, you know, some airplay or they need us to input into something that the council's doing. There's that kind of two way communication, which is always important. When it comes to local radio in general, for you, why is it so important? What we've seen, particularly this year with the COVID crisis, is that people have been more focused local and locally on their community. And the one thing, particularly when we've been in lockdown, is is how do you communicate with that local community? And it is through things like the radio station. You can all tune in. You're all getting the same information. You're getting the same messages. You're hearing about things that are happening locally and you know where to go. Obviously, wider than that, we've seen all of the events that Mix 96 support over, over the years. And and there's going to be such a such a hole in the town you know if if and when they go obviously there's the the multi campaign which is the save our local radio stations which involves all the 50 plus stations that are being affected by this buyout you've been involved with the mix 96 campaign how's that been going for you it's been fascinating and i hesitate to say it's been going well necessarily because we've already seen that changes start to appear on the station but it has brought people together. I put out uh, a plea for case studies and, and I was you know, inundated with businesses, charities, people just wanting to put out a Vox Pop. You know, people have such good memories of Mix 96 over many years, but also very much in the moment. It's not just about the history. It's about what's happening now. So, you know, there's businesses which are supporting events. There's charities who are using it to promote. And then there's people who have used Mix on sort of one-off occasions for particularly for fundraising where Mix have gone out and, you know, if you advertise something on the, say, the breakfast show or the drive time show, you, you get a big response and, you know, you'll see an uptick in sponsorship donations or people saying they're going to come to an event. I know certainly from the town council, what we do is after an event, we put out a survey and those surveys clearly show that where people have heard about the event on Mix 96 is we get an uptick in the number of people who are turning up to those events. So there's a direct correlation there between local radio station, local event and participation. Yourself and Mayor Smith wrote to Ofcom and you wrote to Bauer. Have you had any response from that? We have. uh, I suppose the, the key response is from Bauer themselves. You know, to be fair to them, they do acknowledge all of the good work that Mix have done over the years, particularly in terms of community. I mean, how how could they not, given that, you know, the, the dossier that we sent them on, on all of the, the things they do locally? They were keen to point out that they intend to keep news and travel bulletins, certainly for a period of time. Um, and I'll certainly be looking to hold them to that um, in terms of you know what local coverage they can do. Disappointingly, however, um, they don't have that program of community involvement. They do have a, a children's charity, but you know what Mix has supported has been way beyond that. It's a disappointing picture, unfortunately. But uh, you know we are engaged with Bauer. I intend to whatever happens, keep engaged with Bauer because any promises they make in terms of local coverage, I, I intend to make sure that they they meet them and keep meeting them over a long period of time. Change happens, and, and Mix 96 today isn't the same as Mix 96 back in the 90s. But what we've now got going forward, you know, we're losing that local connection. 
yes, we may still have news and travel for a bit, maybe even for a while, but we're losing a lot more than that. You know, that that's the information bit. That's the bit that's sitting in the car. That's the useful bit for, for people trying to get in and out of what is a challenging place to drive in and out of. One of the most important shows is breakfast and drive time. Yeah. With the reduction of the amount of local hours that have been put in, you're losing that breakfast show. Mm -hmm. And that is when the most people are listening. Yep, definitely. Going to school, going to work. And then coming home. (laughs) Which is is where you, you see the adverts for what the Florence Nightingale Hospice are doing, where you see what Wheelpower are doing, where the GK Plumbing ad goes out. You know, all of those local businesses and those local events and those local community things, they'll go out in that three four hour piece across the morning when when everybody you know is out in their cars or in the bus or whatever it is they're doing it however they're listening to it you know it's the show and, and everything that goes around it to bring the station and the community closer together yeah yeah through all of these different interviews that i've been conducting with people there's one thing that came out of this and it's all down to the pandemic how close everyone has become because of the radio stations i mean you've mentioned it everybody's mentioned it and i think that just goes to show you what a great hub for the community mix 96 is you often say things like you don't know you've missed something until it's gone I think we've had a flavour this year of what we'll miss, uh, really brought into sharp focus by the pandemic. And in fact, one of the things that Mike and I did when we wrote to Bauer was to point out that, you know, I'm sure they made the decisions on where they see the business going probably last year. You know, you don't make these decisions and implement them within a matter of weeks. And actually, we appealed to them that the world has changed. The country has changed. The needs of that local community piece has changed or it's shaped differently by the world that's around us at the moment pandemic isn't going away in a hurry it's it's going to be there for some time to come and people will still need to have those local updates what's happening where to go for help and you know you do turn to your local radio station it's not just the radio as well and certainly you can see across social media that people use mix 96 web presence as well to get their news it's not just necessarily the, the, you know the airwaves it's also the online piece um, you know they'll promote those stories across their website across their facebook page across their twitter page and they're all getting high numbers of interactions the thing is now that the authorities have now given local government and local councils more of an ability to lock down quickly if something is needed surely you need local presence in the media to be able to put this information across do you know what a really good example of that snow days when the schools are closed one of my other hats is a school governor so as soon as we know that the school is going to be closed on a particular morning one of the first things you do is you contact mix and they'll put out that turn furlong or broughton or bit or wherever it might be is closed that morning we had um, an incident with a flood um, and it affected the electrics straight onto mix mix put it out and you know you don't have to try and phone around all of the individual parents there's a process involved the number of people that that reaches immediately 
to know that those things are happening. And I'm not quite sure the process going forward in being able to get that message out to enough people as quickly as we can today. And that's the beauty of the Mix96 app, because I get most of my information from the app because I'm forever getting updates of different news stories or whatever it's going on locally. And I don't know where I would get that information from if it wasn't there. In Buckinghamshire, in Aylesbury, there are particular problems or particular things to know about. Traffic is a great example in the morning. We know in Aylesbury at the moment that if you have an incident, say on Stoke Mandeville side, within minutes, it's affected the A41, it's affected the 418, it's affected the 413, and the town comes to a halt. Well, what do you do? Well, you flip Mix 96 on, they'll tell you exactly where the problem is, and you'll know to try and go a different way around. But now it's going to be yeah, well, I don't really care what's going on in um, somewhere down in Hampshire. You know, it, it's not important to me. This may sound odd from a, an elected uh, member of the council, but one of the things that uh, Mix have always done very well is they've always been really strong on holding local authorities to account. They will question local councils, local councillors as to what is happening in the town. And they've always had a real ethos, not only of the community pieces, which you've already talked about, but actually of trying to make Aylesbury better as a whole. And part of that is is holding those local authorities to account as to what's happening in town. Um, as, as kind of almost a related piece to what's happening with Mix 96, is I've been very involved in trying to get some new sports facilities in town to try and bring Aylesbury United back in. But Mix are very good at giving me a platform to advertise that, promote that, say what we're trying to do. As well as them asking us questions, they're willing to let us come on and, and talk about what needs to happen in the town as well. To get Aylesbury United back in the town would be fantastic. It's similar, isn't it? Certainly that Aylesbury United and uh, Mix 96 have always also worked very well together. I'm involved with some of the the youth football because my daughter plays for one of the Aylesbury United girls teams, you know, and they do fundraising exercises and stuff like that. In Begrove, the scouts are trying to purchase the land on which the scout hut is, you know. All of those things benefit from being able to be promoted locally. Mm -hmm. And without that, you know, you can create a Facebook page, you know, as we've done for Save Mix 96. But it's then taking it that next step and getting it promoted so that people know it's out there. And that's going to be the real challenge going forward is is how does something like the Bedgrove Scouts without Mix 96 promoting it, you get that promotion out there across town. Have you had much connection with your other counterparts from the other Save the Radio Station groups out there? I'm on a group of some of the key campaigns. So there's a Spirit in Chichester, which has a lot of similarities with what we're trying to do in here in Aylesbury. It's a slightly smaller town, but you know, that Spirit and, and Mix are very much kindred spirits in terms of what they do. It's great to see that the different groups are coming together to, to help each other out. It speaks of the community-based pieces that are are happening across the country you people are looking to their local communities people do actually want to keep that local connection going we could already all be listening to national stations if we wanted to and one of the things i worry about is that actually a lot of people out there don't know it's going to happen you look at the the kind of the numbers on radar and you can see how many people are listening to mix you know the number one commercial station in the area often comes above bbc Actually, a lot of them are probably in their cars. They're not necessarily on the Facebook. They probably haven't seen the campaign. During the so-called consultation period, Ofcom are supposed to 
make sure that the powers that be advertise that the changes are coming prior to the event. And there hasn't been any of that. I certainly haven't seen anything. They may well have put something out somewhere that we can't obviously find. I know things have been mentioned on things like Radio Today and things like that, but your general public don't look at Radio Today. (laughs) No, they wouldn't. And they wouldn't know where to find it. Um, there's two very distinct things in, in these sorts of things. There's one is, is meeting the letter of the law, and there's one of the spirit in which it might be intended. So, yes, you can tick a box somewhere, and I think there's been a lot of box ticking in terms of we've done this, we've done that, we've done that, without necessarily completely understanding the, the consequences. For all I know, you know, the, the bar executives, you know, they have a strategic goal, I just don't think they understand localism in radio in the UK. I don't think a lot of the media people do these days, and apparently it's called progress. I don't think what Bauer are doing is necessarily financial either. Mix 96 seems to have been run pretty successfully over the years. I don't have access to the numbers, but they've obviously managed to keep going as a going concern. They can provide all of these community interactions. You know, they seem to have a good set of advertisers that are appearing regularly on the station so i i don't think for bar it's a financial decision which which actually makes it a bit more difficult in some ways if it was a financial one and say well the, no one's making any money we've got bills to pay that's a different argument isn't it but it doesn't appear to be that and, and that makes it much more difficult when it's it's you know somebody somewhere has, has made a strategic decision i truly think that it's probably down to the fact that they need relay stations to promote these bigger concerns not so much with mix but when you've got little stations like Rutland that's basically just going to be used as a relay station it's it's a sad thing it really is yeah it's it's filling spaces on the map isn't it what's next for the town council and the campaign going forward there will be people out there who have an eye on a now being a gap in the market and actually what you want to do is you want to show that that ongoing support is still there all the way through you don't do something because you think it's necessarily going to be successful or, or unsuccessful. You you do something because it's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is to support the local radio station. And the right thing to do is to keep that support going through to whatever that outcome is going to be. You know, if if somebody does manage to come up with a way forward for something local in Aylesbury or in Buckinghamshire, they're going to have to build a business case. And part of that business case is going to be Look at all these people. Look at the support there was for Mix 96. And actually, we have that business case to get investment or to go to the bank or to get the equipment to to start something going forward. That's really important to show that that ongoing support is not only there today, but it would potentially be there going forwards as well. Richard has kindly sent me the case studies that he mentioned, and you'll be able to browse through them via the show notes. He also mentioned that he received responses to the letter that he had sent to Bauer. Other members of various campaigns have also been writing to the Bauer executives and replies have started to come back. Most of the replies have come from Graham Bryce, who is the Group Managing Director for Hits Radio Brand Networks at Bauer. This is what he had to say. We do understand the passion for stations like Mix 96 and the views of the listeners. Any change is difficult, especially to a product listeners love, but change is necessary. Ultimately, our success or not, will be driven by listeners. If listeners overall do not like the product, and we have substantially less, then we will not have succeeded. Inevitably, some listeners will not like some of the changes, but some who have never listened may like it. We hope overall to satisfy as as many, if not more listeners than before. 
In competitive markets like radio, products need to find and develop their niche. We have found this more in competitive markets, and as competition increases in Aylesbury, we also need to find our position. Playing a broad mix of music eventually will appeal to less people, not more. We know that a mix of classic hits is the biggest music radio format in the UK, and as such, we believe our format has more potential than the current Mix 96. We will continue to support charities and local events. We haven't decided which events specifically yet, but we have some announcements coming up to this effect. So let's go through a few of the things that Graham Bryce pointed out. Number one, as competition increases in Aylesbury, we also need to find our position. What competition? There isn't any competition in the area. Are Bauer worried that an independent station might rise from the ashes of Mix 96 and take a chunk out of their potential advertising revenue? Number two. We believe our format has more potential than the current Mix 96. Well, the survey begs to differ, and judging by the current output that has been forced upon the stations in the run-up to the changeover, it is dire, to say the least. Number three. Digital listening accounts for more than 60% of all listening in the UK, of which DAB account for the vast majority, and so being on DAB is vital to the future of radio. Well, I can't argue with the figures, but that's probably down to the fact that most new cars are fitted with DAB. DAB radios are really still overpriced, and the reception in rural areas compared with FM is really hit and miss. I don't think that DAB is the way forward, as streaming services and smart devices are becoming ever more popular. And with Wi-Fi hotspots and 5G around the corner, DAB is really past its prime. And number four, advertising on a larger playing field will price the smaller companies out of the market. And Mix96 have a lot of these smaller companies that advertise with them. They won't be able to advertise on the radio anymore. Graham Bryce also said that Bauer will be announcing more initiatives in this area in the week commencing the 3rd of August. As of yet, nothing has been announced. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com so that brings us to the end of the first part of this special edition of the garbage pod join me for the second part of the podcast when i'll be talking to members of the community who rely on local radio on a daily basis be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the page that include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand 
Fun Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spam Head production.